got cap and the name that makes it happen No further introduction to the man that's worth tracking City's clapping for his relentless backing A vastie against the former team that just went packing While they're slacking and other hosts are lacking He tells it like it is on issues that nobody's tackling While he's racking, the ones who keep on grappling The listeners, some followers who get it, keep on stacking Great friend and the type to set a trend Precedent to see where haters with the men, there's no pretend 17 years, he along with Pierce Entertaining Southern Kelly, backed by popular demand Intense for the listeners to resonate To the hottest topics of the day, check the resume While some local leaders seem to lack the unity My man uses his voice to do what's best for the community Westwood 1, catch him on the sidelines Reporting live, what we later see in highlights No holds barred, just like on his timeline Sun filter podcast, no need to follow guidelines Meet any criteria, dropping bombs like Syria Touching down, hollow around, connected like Expedia Coming to your speakers live from the city of Bestie Welcome to the Scott Kaplan Media Great friends, thank you so much for being a part of the Scott Kaplan Solo Podcast. And this week, I had to bring back Sid Rosenberg. This is episode number 10. Sid was one of the highest rated early episodes, but then he got destroyed here in the last couple of weeks. And I know he wanted a chance to get back at the championship, but Sidney is out of his mind. Like, you got to understand that this guy constantly finds himself in all kinds of shit. This past Sunday, this article in the New York Post accuses him of payola, which in in the radio business is the all-time ruin-your-career sin. And he's accused of it, and the radio station that he worked for is being sued for $20 million as the result of the accusation. This is where Sid starts. But what happens with Sid is Sid has more... Uh, opportunities. He He's a very talented guy, so he just keeps getting opportunities. And now, in this podcast, this is unbelievable. He actually makes an announcement in the podcast that is not official. The deal is not signed. It hasn't been released. There's been no press on it. And he just spills all the beans right here in the podcast. And then I will say one thing that I, I would stay tuned for in this podcast is um, I didn't know this was going to happen. Um, in other words, he he did to me what I was doing to him. Sid turned the tables. He completely turned the tables. Here I am. I'm interviewing him. I wanted to get it. You know, I, I really was trying to get into some old stories because last time he was on, people got into it. Sid turns the tables and starts talking, starts interviewing me and puts me in a very, very uncomfortable position, seriously, because he's a regular guest on the radio show, and he says, hey, I noticed Billy Ray is not talking to me. What's going on with Billy Ray? And he winds up asking me about the future of our show, the future of our station, what happened in San Diego with Rome. It turns into a very weird conversation where I'm trying to get from him, and then all of a sudden he turns it, and he's trying to get from me. So this is a pretty incredible interview. By the way, no holds barred. He goes after everybody in sports radio, from Jim Rome to Boomer Esiason to Dan Lebetard. Oh, by the way, John Skipper, the ESPN, the former ESPN president, wait till you hear what Sid says about this guy. Unbelievable. I mean, like, the stuff he says, man, I mean, take some freaking balls, and you'll understand why as you listen to this conversation with Sid Rosenberg. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. You good? Yeah, I got like 20% on the phone. That's a problem. I'm nervous. I want to lose you. Right, let's do it, though. Let's go. 20% on battery or 20% on, on cell service? On battery. All right, then let's just do it. Let's go. Where are you? 
Um, uh, outside my apartment, Wall Street. <laughs> All right, just just paint the picture of where you're standing right now. Right now on the air? Yeah. I am standing here on uh, Water Street, about two blocks away from Wall Street, literally three blocks away from the water, on uh, <laughs> on a day we're getting ready, Scott, for a massive nor'easter about to hit us later on tonight into tomorrow, which may dump about as much as a foot of snow here in New York City. Now, you know... You get three inches in New York City. The city almost completely shuts down. We're looking at a foot here in mid-March. Jeez. Well, um, I did send you a uh, text message or a tweet a few weeks ago where I was walking my dog on the bluffs in Del Mar, asking you, you know, how things were in New York City at that time. Yeah. I know. I remember it. It was a, it was a beautiful sunset and a gorgeous picture. And um, aesthetically, it looked very, very pleasing. But for some reason, I still dig the snow in March, snow in April, because when the nice weather comes about the second week of April for baseball season, I appreciate it, Scott, even more. Yeah, that's funny about baseball. I've been having a whole uh, debate, if you will, with my colleague in the middays about baseball. He's a pretty rabid baseball fan, and I said I couldn't think of anything I'd rather do less than go to a spring training baseball game, and he got all pissed off at me. And I actually told the story. Do you remember years ago... We went to Yankee Stadium for a day game, and I, I remember saying, who are all these people at a day baseball game? And you guys were all looking at me like, what's wrong with you? This is Yankee Stadium. This is the Yankees. Hey, idiot, your name's up on the scoreboard. And, and you're, like, complaining. And I didn't mean it to come off like that. It's just, I mean, I just don't love, that's not the kind of sports fan I am. I, spring training baseball just doesn't sound good to me. Well, listen, you're not alone, obviously, and, you know, you're a football guy. You played big-time college football. You nearly made it to the NFL. So, you know, football was always kind of your thing. I mean, you're a baseball fan, too, but, you know, going up here in the Northeast, baseball has always been my favorite sport. It's not even close, by the way. I mean, football is just a, a couple of rungs down from baseball for me. So, you know, part of my childhood, just like yours, was Scotty in South Florida, but mine even more was going to Fort Lauderdale, going to the Yankee games, going with my dad to Met games in spring training, and, when you go up in the Northeast, like you spent a lot of time between New York and Pittsburgh, and you go through these horrible, horrible winters, and April comes along, you can smell that green grass. You get some sunshine at 65 degrees. You can't wait for baseball. So I, uh, I do. I, I enjow the spring training games. I watch them now. Yeah, I interesting. I'll be network at night uh, during the daytime and watch them. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of them. Not a lot of them. But I am, I am gunned for the start of baseball team. And my team, by the way, not very good. Mm. The Mets. The Yankees up here are going to be fantastic. The Mets, not very good. Yeah, and, and we don't expect the Padres to be very good, although the Angels might be might be a real World Series contender, and the Dodgers were into Game 7 last year. So there's a lot of excitement for baseball in Southern California, Sid. I just don't know that there's... Well, I'm having this, this sort of internal debate about whether or not the Padres signing Eric Hosmer is enough to make them even remotely competitive. But No, no, no. no. no it's, it's not. In fact, I, I tweeted that day, what a waste. Here's a kid from the Royals who's one of the best players in baseball. I want them on the Mets, to be honest. And I know that it's a beautiful stadium and it's a great place to play, but what a waste. I mean, that team is going nowhere inside that division. But the other two teams, yeah, the Dodgers could, could go right back and everybody's excited about Otani with Mike Trout with the Angels, but you know this, buddy, out in Los Angeles. It's just not the same. It doesn't matter how good the teams are, how well the Dodgers draw. The Dodgers actually are pretty – they do draw pretty well. People do love them. But it's just not the same. Northeast, baseball in the Northeast, Yankees, Red Sox, Mets. It's not like this anywhere else in the country. And you got Chicago. Yes, between the Cubbies and the White Sox and St. Louis. Once you go west of there, it's just not the same. I would argue San Francisco is as good a baseball town as there is in America. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, uh, I, I would agree with that. You're right. The Giants, they absolutely are. Wonderful ballpark, great organization, rich in, tra- in uh, tradition. Bochy's done a great job. I would agree, yes. Giants, right up there with any one of the teams I just mentioned. All right, so Sid, I didn't call to talk about baseball today. Um, you are making the first ever return appearance on the Scott Kaplan solo podcast. You, wow, now that says one of two things. Either they really love the last one, or you're already running out of guests. <laughs> it kind of says both. <laughs> it does. No, I'm, I'm sure it doesn't. I'm, I'm, no, it does. I'm excited and happy to be back. It, well, here's the thing. You had the highest ratings of any podcast I had done, but you've been overtaken and overwhelmed as things have grown. So this being the 10-week anniversary of the podcast, I'm giving you another shot today to take back the number one rating. In fact, you want to know who beat you out last week? Uh, I'm going to take one guess. Mia Khalifa. No, no, I don't, no. And I don't even (laughs) know who that is. No. She's a very famous uh, Muslim porn star. So no, who would it be? Who beat me? Remember my old producer, John Pratt? I do, yes. He beat me? Dude, he killed you. Oh, my God, I'm going to retire today. <laughs> he, he told this amazing story of being 21 years old, working for us in radio, and seeing his future and it not being in radio because there was no money in it for him. And literally the kid has become a multi, multi, multi-millionaire in the wow. online ad space. And he saw this all when he was 21 years old working for us. It was an amazing interview. Um, it was really quite an incredible story. So he has overtaken you. In fact, he told the story of the night in Indianapolis at the Super Bowl where he and I were out, and, and then all of a sudden we hooked up with you at some after party, and that's when all hell broke loose, and that's why he was passed out on Radio Row at like 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my God, I remember that very, very well. It was the Saturday night, actually, and um, I, I hadn't made plans with you. I, we had talked, I believe, that trip a couple of times, but, yes, I went, and you were actually uh, by the dance floor when I walked in wearing black, if I remember correctly, and I remember that. In fact, I remember that kid. Now that you say that, that kid's a multi-multi-multi-millionaire? That's right. Jesus, huh? You got to love America. Yeah. Don King had it right, baby. Only in America. That's right. You got it. Hey, <laughs> only in America. Let me let me start off with this. So um, it is not that we've run out of guests, and it is not that uh, for any other reason that I wanted to invite you back, but you you always find a way of becoming newsworthy. And <laughs> Sunday, I start getting texts from people going, oh, your boy Sid. Oh, your boy Sid's at it again. Yeah, yeah. So I read the article in New York Post, and what it, what, for those that didn't read it, the long and short of it is some author claims that he paid you $5,000 to book him on a radio show and right. that you did not do that for him. You didn't get him on the Geraldo Rivera show. He says that you then tried to make up for it rather than returning the money by putting him on other radio shows that you were hosting at WFAN at the time. And, um, and he's now apparently suing you for this $5,000. No, he's actually suing me for $20 million. He's no, he's not. He's suing me and WFAN for $20 million. That's how you know the thing is, is a complete sham. He claims he gave me 5000 He never did. By the way, I'm not going to get into the specifics because it is a, a legitimate lawsuit, I guess. But uh, it would be uh, even closer to legitimate if, in fact, he was suing me for 5000 He's suing me and WFAN for $20 million. So the whole thing is ridiculous. But... I will say this, you, know, you, say you read the post and you study and text, get uh, text messages. I know there's still a lot of haters out there, Scotty. Over the years, you know, people, they envy you, they don't like you, whatever it is, it's fine. So this thing comes out on Sunday, and I'm starting to get texts from buddies down in Florida, where I spent many years working, obviously, along with you. And uh, there are other people's Facebook pages and Twitter, they're killing me. Ah, uh, Sid, you know, they, they just can't wait 
for the day when one of these stories actually levels my career. And I warn these people time and time again from the Venus and Serena comments with Imus back in 2001 to all the firings down in Miami, three of them, including this thing on Sunday. I warn them time and time again. When you start to celebrate my demise and the end of my career, I promise you, I promise you, it'll take less than a week for a huge story that goes my way to come out and not only continue my career, but make it even bigger. And we're there right now, by the way. We're moments away from a huge story. So while all these people dance on my grave, I want to warn them again, be very, very careful, because when you do that, you're going to find out very, very quickly things are a lot better than they were the day before. Okay, you're hinting at something. What's going on? I mean, well, I mean, listen, you're, you're, you're saying... no big surprise up here that uh, Don I missed one of the real legends in radio. I think, you know, you, there's only a few. I mean, I, I, I got to think that I miss in Stern battle for Chapter 1 in the Book of All-Time Greats. And after a storied four-decade career, I miss is calling it quits. March 29th is his last show. I'm on his show every single day, by the way, up here in New York. And it's been a great run here at the end. It's been very exciting bringing back some of the folks that Imus has brought on over the years, and he's going to hang it up March 29th. Now, this is not official. This is the only place you're going to hear this before it becomes official. That may be tomorrow, by the way, but it's not official yet. But uh, Imus's last day is Thursday, March 29th, and Monday, April 2nd, me and my partner Bernard McGurk are going to replace legendary Don Imus on 77 WABC here in New York, 6 to 10 a.m., going to be a monster, monster deal. Big-time show will be announced. Sometimes, Scott, in the next 48 to 72 hours, so you're going to get here first, but that's the deal. So while folks dance on my grave on Sunday, oh, shit, he's in trouble, he's this, he's that. The start of the story is a bunch of nonsense. It's bullshit. And on top of that, the biggest achievement of my career is now about a day away. Well, Sid, let me, let me back up, okay? So the first thing people are going to want to know is you say this story's bullshit, this guy is suing, I didn't know this, for $20 million. I mean, that's incredible. It's actually funny. Funny, it's, it's, the, it's the last line in the story in the New York Post, and I guess I didn't make it down to the bottom. They're looking for $20 million from you guys. So, yes, that, that makes it seem like it's an extortion play, but everybody would want to know. Sydney, given your history and pattern of behavior, did you take $5,000 from this guy to book him no, on, on Geraldo? No, of course I did not take $5,000 from the guy. And, and, and by the way, there was no payola because, uh, as he says himself in the story, CBS investigated this back in 2014. And not only, by the way, uh, did they say that it didn't happen, I've also been on about 20 shows on CBS ever since. And on top of that, was in the running for the Mike Francesa job. So on every level, from the amount of money he gave me, which is untrue, to all the payola uh, allegations, it's everything is untrue. And uh, I've got a big-time attorney, one of the best in the business up here, very famous guy. He's on TV all the time, Arthur Idala. And we're going to get this thing left out of court. I'm going to turn around and sue this guy. So uh, that's it. I mean, it, the story is complete nonsense. He's trying to get some attention. He's trying to embarrass me, maybe get, maybe get his brother's book, which sucks, by the way, out there in the, uh, out there in the press. But it ain't going to work, not this time. So uh, that's, uh, that's not the real news. You'll see on Twitter in a couple of days, there's bullshit Sid Rosenberg news. That was the column in your post on Sunday. There's real Sid Rosenberg news. You'll see that on big press release in about a day or two. There's bullshit Sid Rosenberg news. That's and right. Big real. news. That's my good. That's my, listen, I, I, believe me now, I, I am more and more in tune with Donald Trump every single day. He talks about fake news, and every day people are trying to take him down and, you know, get him out of the presidency and all that nonsense. And, Man, I've seen that time and time again. That's why I appreciate a guy like Donald Trump, because it's hard enough to do your job. 
and you got to fight the haters out there every single day, that becomes really exhausting. What was it like to get this news in the newspaper on Sunday? Because, you know, given your track record, and listen, I can't make myself sound like I'm above it, but given mine, um, somebody might have read something like this and gone, yeah, okay, I could buy that. Oh, I don't care. I, I, I swear to God, Scott, I don't care. You mean to tell me this lawsuit comes from out of nowhere? I don't care. I don't care if 10 people bought it, if 100 people bought it, if a million people bought it. It doesn't matter to me. I know it's not true. It obviously hasn't derailed my career. It didn't derail it back in 2014 when he went to CBS with these ridiculous charges. It's not going to derail it now. So I stopped worrying a long time ago about what people think, what they say. There's enough people I read every single day on Twitter. Fuck you, Sid. You're a scumbig. You're this, you're that. It doesn't bother me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about the fact my wife had to read it. Well, my 14-year-old daughter may read it. I'm not sure she has yet, but she may. But uh, in the end, it's all nonsense, and I, I just don't care. I don't. I swear I'm at that point. It's been, there have been so many articles and so many controversies over the years, some of which have been true, some of which I've caused myself, but uh, some of which have not been true. So I stopped caring a long time ago about what people think, what they say, because like I said, they, they laugh and giggle and, and take glee secretly. And uh, in the end, I always get the last laugh, and I always win. And that ain't stopping anytime soon. Wow. And so you're going to go from on Sunday being accused of taking payola and being part of uh, uh, the reason WFAN is being sued for $20 million. And by the end of the week, you're going to replace Don Imus on New York morning drive time radio. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> you that got is, fucking nine lives, exactly dude. Right. You got I mean, nine. Look, you got nine fucking lives. What life are we on no, right I mean, now? I, I, I don't have nine lives because this is not, this is not a life taken from me. This is, and, and, and uh, I'm not sure if you know this or not, but, you know, when you're in a position where, you know, anybody, anytime, any maniac can go out there and make a crazy accusation, uh, you can put it on Twitter, you can put it on Facebook, you can take it to court. It doesn't matter. You know, I mean, look, I've done some really stupid things in the past. My comments on Venus and Serena, my comments on Kylie Minogue, that's a, yes, in, in those instances, you can talk about having nine lives because some of those things were so irresponsible and hurtful that it could have cost somebody their career. Somebody maybe not as fortunate talented as I am, but, but that's, that's, that's having an extra life. But some maniac out there, some bipolar maniac looking to extort money with such a ridiculous lawsuit, $20 million, that's not an extra life. That's, that's, just, um, that's just part of the business, yeah, man. When, but you know what it is? It's, you, it's like when it, we nowadays... This, you and I are at that level. That's just the way it is. Right. Nowadays, somebody makes an accusation against you. A lot of guys lose their jobs before they can ever prove themselves innocent. Well, yeah, I mean, if, listen, if that's an accusation, that's different. If, if, in fact, a female co-worker said Sid did this or Sid did that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, I'm saying in this case, right no, no, forget about female, male, female. I'm saying in this case, a no, radio, no. a, a high-profile radio personality in New York City is accused of payola. You know, if, if No, it, no it, listen, it, it doesn't work. Again, it, it's five years ago, Scott, and as I worked for a Miami radio station with filling in at CBS. Now I'm at WABC. This has nothing to do with the station I'm at now. Now, look, if, in fact, you're guilty of those things, then that could mean the death penalty. You may never work again. But, again, it was investigated by CBS, and I've been back on the air there. So this, uh, this station I'm at now has nothing to do with the two stations I was at five years ago, both of which had no issue with what I did. So, I realize that. What so, I'm saying I mean, is yeah. it takes a little bit of courage and guts for radio management to be able to say, hey, look, we knew about this. This is now, you know, some publicity stunt. This guy's trying to extort money for us to, you know, or for WFAN to go away. They went after a big fish. But I'm just telling you that it's it's actually admirable that whoever it is that you're working for has enough courage to say, 
fuck this. I don't want to hear about this nonsense. And by the way, you know what they ought to be doing with this? Is they ought to be turning it into publicity for you, for your show, for your announcement, for, for the new show, for the morning show. I'm not saying it's good you know, publicity. I, 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 I don't think they want to do that. I, they just want it to go <laughs> well, away. I mean, then I don't, don't, fi- then don't hire my PR publicity. consulting firm, I guess. <laughs> Bad <laughs> I, advice. I'm not looking to give this guy any more publicity. That's what he wants. His father's book and all that stuff. I, I don't. I don't want to give this guy another second of uh, a publicity. So I want this thing all to right, go away. You. Like I said, I've got a great attorney. Uh, I did nothing wrong here. We're going to crush this guy in court. This thing's going to go away, and maybe we'll serve as a warning to other folks out there who wake up one morning and decide I'm going to take advantage of somebody that I know, somebody maybe I like, somebody I had a relationship with, and try to get something out of them because. You're going to find out very, very quickly that uh, you can't fuck around. Uh, and, and, and if you think you're coming at me hard, I'm going to come at you twice as hard. All right. All right. We're done. We're done with that. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Listen, I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it. I'm just, it, it's, it's interesting how sometimes, unfortunately, guys in our business, and I would say not so much mine. I mean, I'm in San Diego. I would say yours in New York. It might be the same business, but it's a whole different fishbowl we're swimming in. And, and, you know, somebody's trying to take you down and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm immune to, I've seen what extortion looks like before. I mean, the first time, the first time I got fired here in San Diego, well, it wasn't for this, but, but I got fired by then the company clear channel because at, at at five, no, six Oh eight in the morning, like three months into my time here in San Diego, I called some lady a name. We had no ratings by the way. So there was nobody listening. And, um, and, and she, some attorney sued me for, for saying, I mean, you should have heard, I mean, she couldn't have sex with her husband anymore. She, um, she was embarrassed everywhere she went because she worried that people knew who she was. Cause I said her name oh on the air. God. I mean, it was crazy. And, and she literally walked away with $400,000. I mean, I was indemnified by the company, of course, insurance, but this is, the, this is what happens at, at times, you know, in this business. And, and yeah. by the way, you know, it's not just this. I mean, forget about just this business. Somebody wants to take somebody else down, an accusation can do it now, is really what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, there's no question. It's actually a very sad commentary on where we are as a country, that uh, people's careers and lives could be ruined over something completely unsubstantiated, if not completely false. Sid, um, let me ask you this. I've noticed you've been hinting on on Twitter about the state of radio in New York City. (laughs) And, and I suppose now that we hear you say that, you know, this is not an official announcement, but that you and Bernie are replacing Imus on WABC, this is a huge, huge move for you, for this radio station, Imus's legacy, because both of you come from his tree. So I'm guessing that as you're hinting about all this radio chatter in New York, you think you're going to mornings, you expect to go there and win, and, and you seem to have a lot of commentary that you're holding out about others in the, in the local New York radio industry. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, when I put that tweet out there, the assumption from just about everybody's got was that I was talking about a sports radio, and specifically the new afternoon show at WFAN, which gets just creamed up here almost every single day. I feel bad for those guys at this point. The uh, trio of Chris Carlin, former New York Jet, Baltimore Raven, Bart Scott, and uh, Maggie Gray, they get just leveled by every newspaper person, everybody on the street. And I really wasn't even talking about those guys. I mean, truth is, it's not a very good show. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I never thought Mike Francesa was very good at the end of his career. I thought it was actually kind of sad how, what, what happened to his work the last couple of years. But he was certainly a heck of a lot better than what they've got now. But I wasn't even talking about that, that, uh, that specific show at Sports Talk Radio. I was really talking about a morning show at WOR because even though I'm, I'm going to take aim 
at Boomer Esiason and Geo, the Boomer and Geo show. That's the morning sports talk show on WFAN. My real competition here in the organization, WOR. Just like, you know, the, the uh, type of star power they've got, Scott. They've got Rush Limbaugh into Sean Hannity into the New York Mets, which is a huge lineup here in New York City. Well, their morning show now consists of a guy that used to be at NBC for many years doing sports, Len Berman, Chris Berman's brother, and, and a guy named Mark Weedle, who was a Broadway film critic who's now the co-host of the morning show. So what I was saying basically was you're going to take uh, Sid Rosenberg, who's hosted many a successful show between New York and Florida, uh, and Bernard McGurk, who has been all over New York radio for three decades, Fox News, you name it, and you're going to put up a, 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 a retired 11 o'clock news sports guy and a Broadway critic on the competing station. That's our competition. Or even, by the way, Boomer Science. And, you know, when you've got a Craig Carton sitting there, whether you like Craig or not, Craig, uh, like you and I, we all grew up together. He's a real legitimate sports talk coach. I mean, I like what he has to say or his content, but he knows what he's doing. You know, Boomer's now the host of that show. It's just, it's just not the same. So, for me, Scott, I was going after not just sports talk radio, but even my direct competition, WOR, and the days of, of waking up in the morning and having Howard Stern on terrestrial radio here in New York, Don Imus, terrestrial radio, Scott and Todd, you know, those days are over. I mean, we do have Elvis Duran up here. He's a big, big deal on Z100. But for the most part, you look around, you're not going to find a real big name and or a tremendous talent. And it's kind of sad. It's good for me as I stop my ascent to Morning Radio New York City. But the truth is, it's not nearly the same. Not nearly the same. Hmm. Which, by the way, brings me to a point with you. I, you know, I swear to God, I meant to bring this up last time I was on. I do love coming on your daily radio show in San Diego. I have a blast. You and Billy and Linda and everybody. And maybe I'm just overthinking this. I don't know. But I did kind of notice the last couple of times I was on, it seems like Billy's quiet. I, I remember when I would come on years ago, and it was, it was pretty much a three-way conversation. It was Scott, Billy Ray, and Sid. Now it almost seems like Linda does more of the talking than Billy, and Billy just kind of chimes in every now and then. But it's almost like he's, I don't know, it's almost like he's not even part of the, of the conversation. So, I mean, maybe I'm overstepping my boundaries, and maybe, again, maybe I'm just overthinking things. But it seems to me like Billy Ray, is, his, it's not the same as it used to be. Am I... Is it such perception on my part? Am I, am I overthinking this thing? No, you've just slowed me down. You just uh, you made me stop and think. Um, and actually, I got to be completely honest. I'm not joking in any way. I mean, I'm not trying to bullshit you here. I mean, like you got me like all teary eyed. You know, um, Billy Ray and I have been together, Sydney, 17 years. I and, remember. I and, remember when you first went out there. And and, and no offense to you, buddy. I mean, this guy has been the absolute greatest radio partner I could have ever have asked for. Okay, well, I, well, I do take offense. <laughs> <laughs> How could you say to your ex-partner, don't take offense for the guy I got now is my greatest and best partner ever? But, but let me tell you why. Take offense. But, but let me just tell you why. Because there's, there's nobody who's more reliable. I mean, yeah. every day he's going to show up. Every day he's going to be well-prepared. Every day he's going to be ready to go. He's going to have a smile on his face. He's fun to be around. Right. I mean, he is a great partner. And by the way... When I first got out to San Diego, you got to remember, I mean, I was a 30-something kid who came from New York and Florida and had a lot of East Coast attitude and edge to me. And he's a local celebrity and a superstar. And I told this story last week. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go to the, the end with Billy Ray. You know, there was a year, Sid, when, when I first got out here, 2001, 2002 was the Super Bowl. And I thought, I'm going to be hot shit sports radio guy in my new hometown. And, of course, right. before we even got on the air, I got fired. 
because the radio station was moved from San Diego to L.A. It wasn't necessarily because of something we had done. It was because the radio station was moving and we were the, we were the casualties. And, and I'll never forget, Billy Ray had an $8,000 contract to work local television that week. And he asked the manager of the television station if he could split it with me, 4000 to him, 4000 to me. And we would split the work because he felt like we were going to get back on the radio and he didn't want me and him and our, what we had started to build to go away. That's Billy Ray in 2002. This is 2018. Right. 16 years have passed by. So when you okay. ask about him and, and why he's not as involved in the conversation as he once was, I'm no doctor, I'm no shrink, I'm no expert, but every single NFL player that I talk to about how many concussions they had and what their life is like now, in my opinion of sitting across from Billy Ray for 17 years, there's no question that in the last couple of years he has slowed down. And, oh, wait a um, second. Oh, so you're telling me, wow, this is, I, I didn't think about that part of the equation. I just thought maybe he was becoming a little less interested or maybe even, I don't want to say bored. I mean, you guys do a fantastic show, but you're telling me that you think, first of all, you're telling me that my perception was, was maybe right. And secondly, you think that this is a medical issue? I think, and again, I'm only giving you an opinion. I'm not giving you medical facts. I haven't talk to doctors about this. I haven't gone to Billy Ray to any doctor's appointment. I have no medical evidence. And frankly, I probably am. You talk about overstepping your boundaries. I'm probably overstepping my boundaries. I just happen to think that based on his level of participation on the air and, and knowing how hard it is for him to retain information off the air, I think that he's really struggling with the speed and the content and keeping up, and, and I, I, I mean, listen, you got to understand, Sid, Billy Ray and I don't go out together for dinner on Saturday night. His wife is such right. a sweetie. She'll invite me over on occasion, and, and, and I'm always flattered to be invited. But, you know, they also are empty nesters. Their child is, is living in Miami. I've got four kids. We, we don't have the sort of off-air relationship that we had years ago when, when again, my kids were a little bit younger, and, sure. uh, and we did a lot more in terms of public appearance stuff. Um, the relationship has changed off air. Now I love the guy to death. I mean, I love the guy and I think he's the greatest partner ever. Um, but your perception of, of he's not as engaged as he once was is I think a somewhat fair criticism of what we do now, you know? And I, I, I start, I, I, I'm starting to sense from him the possibility that he's thinking to himself, you know, maybe, you know, maybe with the Chargers having moved and I'm not really a huge baseball fan, you know, and I'm, and there's really not a lot of sports left in town and I'm kind of not, you know, as, as active as I once was in terms of, of the comedy of the show. Cause Billy Ray was, let me tell you something. And he still has it. Trust me when I tell you, he still has it. There are times where he busts out one-liners that you weren't expecting and dude, they're just brilliant. And as he always yeah, says, yeah, you can't yeah, spell brilliant yeah. without BR. I, you know, I, I thought about that the Chargers moving and, you know, his love for that team. And, again, pretty much down to just Padres baseball, not a heck of a lot going on. And I thought maybe that was part of the issue. The, the medical stuff never even crossed my mind. But, you know, certainly when you play football competitively, as long as he did at every level, and I think about it more now, that's the town where Junior Seau played, by the way, that um, sounds pretty feasible. 
I mean, look, I don't really know for sure, but I can tell you that if you're a youth football player when you're nine years old and you play youth football all the way through high school football and you're an all-American high school football player at Plano, Texas High School, where, I mean, they practically wrote Friday Night Lights about Billy Ray's era of high school football, and then you're a defensive lineman at 210 pounds at Arkansas as a true freshman getting your brains beaten in, and then you become a two-time All-American in the fifth overall pick in the 83 draft, and then you have a 10-year NFL career, and it's not just Sundays, it's every practice. When those guys used to hit and by the way those guys hit with shit equipment okay garbage helmets but that's the only thing we knew back then and they yeah. and they yeah. tried to hit each other head to head as much as they could the nfl glorified that violence we all loved it and ate it up those guys got rich off of it off of it and now all these years later and i'm i'm not citing billy ray i'm citing i mean hundreds if not thousands of former nfl players that are saying they're having all kinds of concussion-related problems in their lives. Oh, sure. sure. No, guys can't make it from the bed to the refrigerator. I mean, you got, you know, Jim McMahon is, has had all kinds of difficulties. So, yeah, you're right. There's hundreds of guys that are going through this. So now the question becomes, and I hate to turn this into Jim Rosenberg interviewing Scott Kaplan, but why not? Um, so are, are you prepared to go to him and ask him what's going on? I mean, what, what if, in fact, uh, my perception is wrong and what you're thinking is wrong. And he contends that he's as happy, exuberant and enthusiastic as ever. Well, I think that is the case. I think he is as happy and as exuberant and as excited as ever. It's just, no, I mean, I mean about the job. I mean about the everyday rigors of sports talk radio. I think he, I think he has that excitement every day. The question is, can you take information, retain it and then opine on it? And well, let me ask you this: Did it ever occur to you that maybe it's just not that bright? <laughs> <laughs> that I know is that I know is is a misperception because, like I said, can't spell brilliant without br. And I know you're only goofing around. I, I just feel like, look, I'm not prepared. I'll be totally honest with you. I am not prepared. I am not prepared for what happens if and when Billy Ray says, "Hey, I'm retiring," or "Hey, I'd like to step away a little bit." Or I'm, I don't want to work every day, and, and here's what I'm willing to contribute. Because guess what? My daughter lives in Miami, and I'd like to go spend time with her. And I'm sure. 55, and listen, I don't know Billy Ray's checkbook, but I'm kind of guessing that he made some, some money in football, and his wife does well, and she's a very successful newscaster in town. So I, I'm not sure where we're going. Uh, I know we have two years left on our contract, and I know that, that people say to me, hey, you're doing a nice job of, of protecting and I'm like, bullshit. I'm like, we'll, we'll stay together for two more years, and then if there's another contract thereafter and Billy Ray's up for it, then I could be up for it. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the next two years. You know me. I'm, 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 I'm so chaotic all the time, and I've always got my brain going in ten different directions. And for the first time in a long time, I'm very hyper-focused and concentrated on building, um, you know, I've told you about this platform that I'm working on. And so I'm, I'm trying to look into the future here, Sid. If I were in New York City and I signed a new four-year contract to, to be on WABC Radio and replace Don Imus, I'm all in on radio. But you see what's going on here. I mean, Jim Rome was fired from his hometown radio station, dude. I, I know. I, I've been following that whole saga on Twitter with you guys. I, I really can't. Now, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm not a big Jim Rome fan. I know that you guys love him. You've actually worked with him, filled in with him. I know he's on the NFL today. I, I never got his stick. Now, he's a West Coast guy. And I'm an East Coast guy. I mean, I'm with, with the epitome of the coast that we live on. So I never really liked him, to be honest. I, I, I actually think that the guy that you've got there now, who, who we know uh, very, very well, I've worked alongside him, in fact, for two years down in Miami. And his producer is a longtime friend of both of ours. He's a much better radio talent. But I have followed that saga now, uh, out there by you, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked 
that that ended up being the case. Well, well why, why did that happen? Well, what happened? Because Jim, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, a couple years ago, Jim came down here to do a live broadcast from the Del Mar racetrack. Del Mar was celebrating one of Jim's really great horses who had a tragic death, and they, they were naming a race after this horse. And it was really sweet, and Jim responded and came down and did a radio broadcast. And there were about 250 people or so that showed up. Now, Jim didn't promote it and say, hey, it's a big tour stop, and I'm bringing out all these athletes. In fact, he kind of tried to make it really low-key, and he wanted it to some degree, celebrate Del Mar and horse racing because whether or not you like the sport is immaterial. Jim Rome has become um, intertwined with the horse racing industry and has become one of the big ambassadors for the industry, right? So I'm standing there with Jim's manager, and I said, hey, do you come to all of these events? And he said, um, sometimes. He goes, but what I'm doing here today is I'm, I'm here sort of studying the audience. And I said, what do you mean by that? And this is all my recollection of a conversation two years ago. And he said, Scott, look, look around at all these people that are here to watch Jim broadcast today. Do you see any young guys? Like 19, 20, 21 years old? No. You see any young guys, 25, 30? Eh, maybe. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, don't you see that what's happening here is, is that the guys who were Rome's clones 25 years ago, are now 50 or 55 or 60, and the audience didn't get younger. And so, Sid, believe it or not, this is truly remarkable. Jim Rome, broadcasting from studios in Orange County, one hour north of us, mentioning San Diego and the history of sports radio in Southern California, Jim Rome on a 50,000-watt powerhouse radio station in San Diego was drawing a 0.0 rating. Not as I can see. I got to tell you, I, I remember Jim was on my station, uh, syndicated, obviously, down in Miami on 640 Sports. And, and I'm a pretty good sports guy. And I'm, I'm a, by the way, I'm a very good college basketball guy. As we speak, by the way, in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center where the Nets play, they've got the AC, ACC tournament going on right now, tomorrow. At the Garden where I work, they've got the Big East tournament. And I know all the players, as you know, Scotty. I know all the coaches. I remember driving home after my show down in South Florida on a Wednesday afternoon. And uh, it would be tournament time. And Jim would bring on, like, the fucking head coach at Florida Gulf, uh, Gulf Coast. Or he'd be sitting there for 25 minutes, X's and O's, with the coach at UNC Wilmington. And I remember saying to my producer at the time, I said, who the fuck listens to this and thinks this is good radio? With his bullshit California lingo and all his talk. And it was, I would listen uh, day after day trying to find out what exactly is appealing about this guy. Now, yes, he had some big-name guests. NFL, he does very, very well. But for the most part, his show was so boring. But, I mean, but here's the I'm thing. But, but you gotta, but you got to understand something. I, listen, I hear what you're saying. As a sports fan and as an East Coast radio guy, got it. But he's legacy in Southern California. and well, so. But, but, here's, but here's the next part. <laughs> but listen, here's the next part. People in, on the West Coast, Sid, have a very big chip on their shoulder about an East Coast bias. So now you take off the guy who's local, Jim Rome, and you put on a guy in Miami, East Coast, and again, there's a lot of leftover Miami residue on the Mighty 1090 in the wake of Big Sills' departure. By the way, have you heard about what's going on with Big Sills? I don't know what's going on with Big Sills. I can tell you this. That's why I had that, uh, the fun with you and Billy and Linda about Big Sills on your show. And, and I go back and I remember texting him right after and saying, listen, bro, I had some fun with you. There was nothing real nasty there. Don't, don't, don't be a little bitch. Don't get all carried away, you know. Uh, but he contends that I said that he's a horrible radio guy. And everybody said that, by the way. I said that, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a good radio guy, but certainly not worthy of a station devoting time to him and building a station around him. He was one of the guys, actually, that took glee in that article in the Post on Sunday and did tweet something 
but I have no idea what he's doing next. What's going on now? He's got a uh, station where they have the Padres baseball games, and in the morning they're going to have some guy from like Playboy Radio in L.A. Um, on uh, on this local station now, some serious Playboy radio guy, some, yeah, I guess, yeah. wannabe comic guy. Then Big Sills comes on 10 to 2. I listened to the first day yesterday. Big Sills comes on. He talks for 10 minutes. I don't know what about. It's exact sports talk. It's old man sports talk, right? Then they go into a two-minute comedy bit from a comedian. I couldn't recognize the voice. There was no um, identification, and it really wasn't a very funny bit. And then right into, <laughs> you ready for this? And then right into Ozzy Osbourne's Mr. Crowley, the entire song. So it's oh it's sports, comedy, oh. rock. Oh, my. But the problem is it was all bad. I mean, it, listen, I, I guess those all, those all work. But if it's all bad, it's not going to work. Well, uh, it's silly. Listen, good luck to him. But, you know, back to Rome for a second and Levitard. You know, the thing about Levitard is he does do his show for a young audience. Uh, you know, I, in fact, I will tell you this, that the only time I didn't like Dan Levitard's show down in Miami was when, in fact, he really geared it to a very young audience. He had all the, you know, all of the catchphrases down, Scotty. You know, he'll bring on rap guys that, even only my nephews know, to be honest with you. Like, he's good with all that stuff. I don't think that's his strong point, to be honest. I really don't. I think he's really smart. And I think when he goes on a good rant about something maybe even outside of sports, he may be the best in the business. I think there's a lot of cackling going on with Stugatz and, and the other kid, uh, Mike, and that type of stuff I could do without. That's not his, his strong point, in my opinion. But he does gear his show towards a much younger, hippier, a uh, hipper, I should say, uh, type of audience, and, and Rome can't keep those guys. You, you cannot be talking to the fucking coach at UNC Wilmington for 25 minutes and expect anybody under the age of 60 or not spending $5,000 a game to give a shit. Yeah, yeah. listen, maybe you're right. I mean, maybe maybe Jim's guests became old and stale. Uh, maybe maybe Lebetard has it right with rappers and actors and a lot of ESPN personalities who people know because they see them on TV. So we're going to see what hey, happens listen, out he here. He gets them all. I mean, you got to understand that John Skipper, and I know you know this, but uh, Skipper, of course, had to resign a couple of months ago, which was all bullshit, by the way, from, from uh, addiction and all. Whatever, whatever bullshit story they gave you, none of that is true. But Wait, Hold on, hold on. John of, Skipper ran ESPN. He resigned his position a few months ago, saying he had to go for some sort of uh, drug or alcohol rehabilitation. You're saying that's not true? He never went for rehabilitation. He never even said he was going for rehabilitation. What he said was, I'm stepping away because of my addiction. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's, of course it's not true. The guy had signed a contract, uh, I don't know if it was a, a month before, a, a multi-year big money contract right before. And I can tell you as a guy that not once but twice, even at WFAN, I had to leave and go to a rehab facility. See, didn't even do that. Uh, they kept my job. I never got fired. There's no way a guy like that, who demands that much respect, was making that type of money with a brand new contract would be forced to resign from ESPN because of an alcohol or drug problem. I guarantee you there are more skeletons in the closet of John Skipper. Maybe one day one of these uh, folks will come out and tell us the real truth. But for whatever it's worth, him and Levitard are best, best friends. And Levitard, of course, gives John Skipper the credit for hiring folks like Dan Levitard, Cuban uh, from Miami, and African-Americans and Asians and, and all other groups of people that were never hired by ESPN in the past, it was always Keith Olbermann, Dan Patrick, Chris Berman. So they love John Skipper for doing all that stuff. But if you really believe that Skipper is out because of addiction, you're either naive or stupid and closer to the latter. Hmm. Strong way to close. You got me kind of in a weird <laughs> spot today, man. You really did. I did what? You put me in a weird spot. You know, I, sw- I, I And, and I my, my whole energy up. has changed, man. My whole energy is different now. I'm sorry. No, I you don't have to be sorry. Up, but I, I, you know, it was... 
I'll tell you the guy's honest truth. It was so palpable the last couple of times. So I started thinking, maybe he doesn't like me. I'm like, maybe Billy Ray doesn't like me because he used to laugh and he used to get involved. And the last couple of times, it's like I think Linda directs more of the conversation towards me. I'm like, does he not like me? Did I, did I make a really bad joke about the Gullium or something? I don't know. <laughs> maybe but it has nothing to do with football. Maybe it is you. <laughs> By the way, wait a second. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, worse. Hold on. It can't be you. He's doing what? that to me. He's doing it's me. It's it's me. It's me. Well, it's me. um it probably is you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, either way, I love the guy and I love you and I love doing the podcast and it's always it's fun, man. I, I love doing it to you. Thank you, pal. Thank you. So, I'll just say this to finish because I didn't know this is where we were going to go today that uh, I'll congratulate you on your unofficial announcement that you and your partner Bernie are about to replace Don Imus on April 2nd on 77 WABC in New York. Even though it's not official, I'll congratulate you on the unofficial big news. Well, and uh, I want to thank you, as I always do. I, I, I know you appreciate it, but it is the truth for being the guy way back when, before the Imuses and all these other people came into my career, uh, you were the guy way back when who taught me more about this business. There was no, I've never met anybody with better instinct. Never. And I've worked with Imus. I've worked with Stern, all of them. I've never met anybody with better instincts and knew more what they were saying than you did 20-something years ago. So as I embark on this big move, I want to thank you for what you did for me all these years. Wow. Jeez. Is somebody dying? Good God, man. <laughs> Shit. Nobody's dying. Not yet. But I promise when that happens, it'll be the New York Post. People will celebrate, and I'll find a way to fucking outlive them all. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney, love you, buddy. Congratulations. Love you, too. Great oh, yeah. stuff. Thank you.